Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I'm loving it. I'm so excited to talk about McDonald's famous orders today. It's one of my favorite activations in the food and beverage space. And I think we've been yearning for something like this, specifically in the mass produced like fast food space for a really long time from a marketing perspective, because for a while, these fast food conglomerates were competing amongst themselves, right? And when I say that, I mean, it was McDonald's versus Burger King versus Wendy's versus Taco Bell. And same thing in like the, you know, soda space. It was Coke versus Pepsi, right? A few years ago, we saw a large increase in healthier alternatives captivating younger generations' attention. So I'm talking about Erewhon and Sweetgreen, Kava, Pop, Poppy, Olipop, that's what younger people are reaching for more than going to McDonald's for lunch and grabbing a Coke. And the reason is because McDonald's, while having maintained a very nostalgic place in the older generation's lives, it didn't have that same place in the younger generation's lives of of younger millennials and um, Gen Z. And those generations look to McDonald's as like a big, bland, boring corporation as opposed to a piece of their childhood or something that they want to be a part of. Um, and so that's kind of what f- funnels us into the origin story of Famous Orders, which I'm going to go into very shortly. I also want to talk a little bit about kind of the data behind this because this is a very polarizing activation as it should be. That's how you know it's successful if there are people that hate it and they're expressing their hate good. Um, If there are people that like it and they're expressing their approval, great. Uh, You know you have a failed campaign and one that will not give you a significant return on marketing investment or ROMI, ROMI, however you like to say the acronym, um, is when there's a lot of kind of meh. That's when it didn't stick the landing. So um, usually that type of response already predicts what you're going to see on the back end in terms of um, whether it's brand awareness or sales or whatever KPIs it is that you have determined for said campaign. So this is a very polarizing activation. Um, I actually saw this myself because I I was seeing, um, and I guess the TikTok algorithm knew I was about to record a video for TikTok about this, but I started getting maybe a couple days before I was going to record my video, I started getting... uh, posts on my FYP um, of McDonald's employees talking about, you know, 
the famous orders and some of them loved it some of them hated it some of them got a job at mcdonald's because they wanted like the crew shirts for whatever it is that meal was um actually somebody said that under the comment section of my video about famous orders she was like i literally just wanted to work at mcdonald's so i could get the bts meal shirt and then leave <laughs> and i was like that's iconic so it either sticks the landing for people or it doesn't stick the landing. But either way, they there's a lot of opinions on this activation. Um, so anyways, let's go into the origin story of famous orders. We'll talk about data and then we'll talk about the individual orders themselves. And then I'll also rank my favorite orders. <laughs> and that's going to be my subjective opinion. So don't come for me. <laughs> um, but... The origins of famous orders is, is very interesting, um, and I'm going to bring up a parallel from Coca-Cola because I was actually at a physical event with the director of strategy for Coca-Cola, um, director of creative strategy for Coca-Cola, and they were talking about a very similar thing that I saw when I started researching the origins of famous orders by McDonald's, and that is that um, essentially what I mentioned earlier, the... Cokes, the McDonald's, they're not competing amongst other similar brands anymore. They're competing now against some of these cooler, trendier, healthier brands that are, uh, you know, gaining and growing a significant market share um, and essentially captivating the attention of younger generations. And so McDonald's came up with famous orders to start that conversation with Gen Z. Um, their target audience for this is 18 to 24 year olds. Of course, there are people that are older and younger that are enjoying this campaign. Um, for Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola had a parallel or has a parallel activation called uh, Coke Creations. And it's, it's kind of a similar concept to Famous Orders. Um, they are collaborating with like, you know, marshmallow and creating a limited edition flavor with him um and trying to also relate to gen z and invite them to be part of the coca-cola experience um so it's interesting to see that these huge mass-produced like giant fast food and beverage conglomerates are seeing similar issues in their business but anyway Back to specifically famous orders, I'm going to geek out a little bit because, um, and again, this is a marketing podcast, so I do talk about like the agencies and people involved, not because McDonald's is not just the only one who's responsible for their advertising. Um, in this particular case, there is an agency called Wyden and Kennedy, and that name may mean something to those of you who work in marketing, and it may mean absolutely nothing to consumers. Um, for me, this agency means a lot. Um, they not only are one of the most renowned agencies in the world, um, it, usually when you think of ad agencies, it's like Ogilvy and Wyden Kennedy, usually like together, they just pop up in people's minds. Um, but also Wyden and Kennedy is responsible for, um, a lot, if not most, of Nike's success as well. For example, in the 90s, Wyden Kennedy was the agency that introduced the black and white creative direction that Nike uses in a lot of their commercials, especially ones that um, intend to tug at the heartstrings a little bit more and be more emotional. 
so they have a good track record of taking brands business of taking businesses to brand level and then maintaining that brand with additional activations and marketing experiences and so on um and more importantly sparking conversation between the consumer and the brand because that's what advertising is that's what marketing is uh, it's not a one-sided monologue it's a conversation because you are hoping to incite the other person the viewer the audience to then go and participate in whatever it is that you want them to participate in for your brand um, either put money in your pocket or give you exposure or what have you right so it's a conversation um and famous orders is exactly that uh, so Wyden Kennedy is the agency responsible for the idea of famous orders. In 2020, going through the timeline of this, Super Bowl 2020, McDonald's releases a commercial, and this is what introduces the concept of famous orders. Um, and it's a commercial, it's an overhead view of trays with actual, allegedly actual celebrities' orders. Under the tray is the name of the celebrity. And as the, uh, as the commercial or the spot um, continues, it actually f- goes into fictional characters. So it starts with somebody maybe like Kim Kardashian, goes through real celebrities, and then you see like the Hamburglar's Orders, which is just a bunch of hamburgers stacked on a tray, right? Or Dracula, which is ketchup packets. Or Romeo and Juliet, which is a milkshake with two straws. Um, yes, I watched the commercial. Yes, it was good. Um, <laughs> so that it kind of introduced the concept of, of famous orders. And the idea was that no matter how famous you are, everyone has a McDonald's order. And this is what started to position McDonald's before they even got into the first famous order later that year, which was with Travis Scott. This is what started to position McDonald's as what I like to say, like in her fangirl era, which it they weren't they they didn't want to speak to consumers from above. They wanted to meet the consumer where they are, and they understood that eighteen to twenty four year olds, which is again the target for this campaign and this activation, they're obsessed with fandom, and that is something that McDonald's could relate by fangirling over famous people who eat at McDonald's. So it allowed for, you know, the fans of the celebrity to obsess over McDonald's. It allowed for the McDonald's fans to look at famous people as like, oh my God, they're just like us. Everybody has a McDonald's order, okay? So that's kind of the the way that they wanted to change the, the brand voice from bland and boring and corporate to something that actually participated in a conversation that Gen Z was already having. So from the Super Bowl, that was the, the, the commercial. In 2020, they took it a step further and actually created a physical co-branded collaboration. The first famous order was the Cactus Jack meal, which was the Travis Scott collaboration with McDonald's. Um, And remember how I said in the spot, the Super Bowl spot, it was like allegedly these were famous orders, like they were actual orders of celebrities, allegedly. Um, A person in my TikTok comments actually uh, said that there was one famous order that specifically fascinated me, which was Kim Kardashian. One, because I was like, don't they, like, not eat McDonald's? And two, 
she was apparently dipping her chicken nuggets into honey, which I thought was very interesting. But somebody in my TikTok comments, and I don't know this is if this is like 100% fact, but apparently in an interview, Kim Kardashian had stated that she actually just like takes one lick of the the vanilla cone that comes with her order supposedly and throws it out. So they don't actually eat their orders. So that was a very like interest. That's why I said allegedly when they actually started in in September of 2020 with the Travis Scott meal, the McDonald's meal with Travis Scott. It was incredibly important. There is a criteria for this campaign that the celebrities that they work with actually have to already order and eat at McDonald's. They already have to be an authentic, organic fan of the company. And the reason why that's so important, as opposed to featuring a celebrity who, like, allegedly, you know, uh, eats at McDonald's or a move of what we like to call in the industry borrowed interest or borrowed equity, which is when you use a celebrity's name or personal brand to market your company. The actual physical nature of the famous orders and packaging them up into a meal that people can buy the only way that that was actually going to work, considering that the audience is Gen Z, who values transparency and authenticity arguably more than any other generation, the relationship between McDonald's and the celebrity had to be shared equity. Meaning that the celebrity has to get something out of this relationship as does McDonald's. It can't just be McDonald's cashing out on the borrowed interest of using Travis Scott in their advertising. Travis Scott has to also cash out in sense that existing McDonald's fans are going to be like doing the thing that I mentioned earlier, which is they look to somebody famous and be like, whoa, no way. He orders McDonald's too, but he's like really big and he's like really rich. How cool, you know? So This is a campaign of shared equity. It has to be already an organic celebrity fan of the brand. That's how this is going to work. And actually, the ones that um, had said in their press tours over and over and over how big of organic fans they really were of McDonald's were the ones that created the biggest return on marketing investment, which just so happened to be BTS, which which was the, the biggest return. And, and then following Travis Scott. Um, so anyways, back to, <laughs> I like to geek out over these things, as you can tell. Um, so September 2020, the Cactus Jack meals come, meal comes out. They really hit it off with a bang. You know, they took Travis's existing order, um, which also the other thing about these orders is and and somebody in my TikTok comments compared this very much to the Erewhon smoothie collaboration. And I'm going to briefly say before I dive into like the specs of the Travis Scott meal is that the difference between something like the I don't know Haley Bieber Erewhon smoothie and or you know the Summer Fridays Erewhon smoothie and the Travis Scott McDonald's meal is that the Erewhon smoothies are not already existing menu items. This is not something that Hailey Bieber was going in and like ordering, every, you know, every single time she went to Erewhon and that was what she got. And then they just like package it up and put it on the menu. That's not really what it was. It was like a collaboration created for the purpose 
of advertising, you know, Road Beauty or Summer Fridays or King Euphorics. I think they just did a Bella Hadid smoothie. Um, and that is like in the color way and in, in all of these different, there's all of these different things that make it incredibly clear that like the Erewhon smoothie collab is a move of shared equity, but it is not, doesn't have to be organic uh, to who the celebrity is. Like they don't already have to be a fan of Erewhon. It definitely helps, but like not that big of a deal. The McDonald's famous orders, they're already existing orders of the celebrity and it cannot be new ingredients. This is not reinventing the wheel. They're not putting a menu item that no one has ever seen before on the menu. All of the famous orders items are already things you can order separately. They're already existing menu items of McDonald's. And so um, that contributes to the authenticity of the collaboration. Because like, you're not sitting in a room being like, hmm, how about we come up with like chicken nuggets and like the shape of cactuses because cactus jack, like that's not already something that you can order at McDonald's. It would feel like a novelty item. It would feel like a specialty item and it would feel less authentic to the target. So Travis Scott's already took an order that he was already ordering every single time that he would go to McDonald's. He customizing it kind of like your Starbucks order, right? It's like everybody customizes their Starbucks order in different ways, but you're already, you're already ordering a menu item that exists. You're just kind of customizing it, right? So same thing here, except now it was packaged up into specialty packaging. There was a merch suite that came with it, right? It was like a bunch of co-branded merch that launched. In Travis Scott's case, the merch was like very fire, a very on brand to who he is. And like, as somebody who's very into drop culture and streetwear and hype beast vibes. Um, and then they also came out with an action figure. So like collectible items, which again, very on brand for Travis. He also did surprise concerts for the fans and they took into account, remember how I said just now that it felt very much like drop culture um, and streetwear hype beast kind of vibes. So they intentionally borrowed from that because that's authentic to who the celebrity that they're working with is. Um, and that's what the fans would expect from him. That's what's going to make the, this work is if they would roll out this collaboration the same way that you would roll out a uh, streetwear label on a drop model rollout situation. Um, and by making this like a very hype oriented collaboration, they actually saw the supply like be basically depleted. Like they ran out of supply so quickly, but the demand rose so high that it inflated the price of the meal from $6 to $13. Again, none of this should be surprising to anybody who's a fan of Travis Scott or like knows a lot about how he markets his own shows and Cactus Jack and every other collaboration that he's done, like the one with Nike. Um, it works all the same. This is very on brand. Nothing felt weird or off about this. So they launched Famous Orders with a bang, the Cactus Jack meal, success. Again, it's the second highest return on marketing investment after BTS. 
after the Cactus Jack meal, they proceeded with J Balvin. Um, and again, because they wanted to roll it out in a way that was authentic to the celebrity that they were working with, this meal was rolled out similarly to the way that you would roll out an album. So in J Balvin's case, they had a music video. It was very clear, like, this is a musician and like, let's do it how he would do it for one of his projects. Right. Um, the J Balvin meal, however, caused quite a stir because one, he orders a McFlurry with his meal. If you've ever been to McDonald's, even once, the ice cream machines are always down. So that was no exception here. Um, And then the other part was that he orders a Big Mac with his meal, but no pickles. And they were finding that a lot of McDonald's stores were still putting pickles on the J Balvin uh, Big Mac. And that was causing issues because people didn't really feel like they were getting his order. Like it was it was defeating the concept. So um, it's interesting because from the return of marketing investment uh, graph that I pulled the data from, uh, which was sourced from McDonald's econometric report uh, in 2021, the J Balvin meal isn't even on there. So I'm assuming it probably did not bring anywhere near as much of a return as they were hoping it would. Um, But that happens, you know, sometimes not all marketing campaigns are going to be a success, even for big corporations. So that's fine. Keep it moving. Let's pivot. And then they pivoted from there into BTS. And BTS was the most financially successful famous order um, within the first year. So um, since 2020 into 2021, BTS was the most successful, uh, was the most successful meal. And the BTS one was, was really interesting. They again, did a lot of research on the fans and trying to understand how they behave, what they expect from BTS, how, how BTS would roll out, you know, one of their tours or, um, and they borrowed from that and they rolled out this meal. Like you would roll out a tour. There was a tour poster. It announced all of the dates that the BTS meal would drop in varying different countries. And the insight here, the audience insight here was that the BTS fans don't like surprises. They want to know in advance where their idols are going to be, what they're doing. They want to have that timeline so they can go and support. Um, And again, this also came with co-branded merch all in purple. Um, It was interesting because the Wyden Kennedy team said that they purposefully tried to make like the packaging of everything uh, feel like, like fabric or textiles because they knew that the BTS fans really enjoyed DIYing and maybe they would make something out of the packaging as well, like their own wearable merch out of packaging, which I thought was really interesting. And then the other part that was really cool was that they took two sauces, the sweet chili sauce and the Cajun sauce that were exclusive to South Korea, and they made it global for the duration of the BTS meal. So everybody, all the fans worldwide were united with the same, you know, flavors uh, that were previously exclusive just to South Korea. So I thought that was really cool um, and a way that they could unite the entire BTS community um, with this meal. Again, most financially successful meal that they had um, within the first uh, 11 months of the famous order's activation timeline. 
after BTS, they move into Sweetie. And this was an interesting one for me personally because I was like, what? But then I was like, oh, yeah, Sweetie actually started her career as a food influencer in LA. And that was what they pulled from. A lot of her audience knows her because of her love for food and specifically the very weird, unique, maybe weird isn't the right word, but like unique um, food combinations that she likes to try and things that she likes to do. If you've ever seen any of her lives, uh, she only goes live to eat. I have never seen any of them. I've seen clips on TikTok, but I've never actually been on one of her lives. Um, but she only goes live to eat. So that's a very interesting component, but yeah, they tapped into her more so as like a food influencer than they did as a hip hop artist, which I think was very interesting. Um, and the reason I say that is because they came out with a poster that was titled, um, how sweetie does it and then it shows all of these different ways that you can eat the meal and like remix it basically so you could put the sauce on top of the bun and then take out the patty and put chicken nuggets in between or you can like crumple up the chicken nuggets and put them on top of fries or whatever take off the bun and then just do the pat so there's like so many different ways that she personally has eaten this meal and it allows for her fans um, to enjoy that as well, but also like mix things up for the existing McDonald's fans too. So this collaboration, I think not only brought in Sweetie fans, but it also brought in OG McDonald's fans and made the, it kind of inspired maybe different ways that they could eat stuff. Um, so that was, that was the, uh, the Sweetie meal, which then goes into Mariah um, Sweetie, by the way, was f- pulling from, again, the McDonald's econometric report, f- the return of marketing investment in 2021. Um, Sweetie was the third highest um, in terms of return after Travis Scott. So it was BTS one, then Travis Scott, then Sweetie. Um, J Balvin is not on that graph at all. So that's why I assumed it probably did not do as well. Um, and then Mariah Carey's meal was interesting because it launched during the holiday season. Again, she is the queen of Christmas. All I want for Christmas is Mariah Carey's sleigh. So I thought that was really cool that they, they tapped into that. And even though Mariah has a very extensive music career, she is very well known for All I Want for Christmas is You. Um, and especially worldwide. So I think that that was a really smart move for them to do. Um, and yeah, it was a whole holiday rollout, very on brand, um, to who she is. And then the final one that we have had thus far, the final famous order that we've had thus far is the Cardi B and Offset meal. Um, Atlanta represents, like, um, So Cardi B and Offset's meal itself was not that, like, that interesting, you know? Like, Sweetie's had all of these different food combinations. Mariah's was holiday-themed. BTS had unique sauces. Um, You know, Travis Scott had very unique packaging. J Balvin, poor thing. Like, if only that fucking ice cream machine worked. Um, But the thing that made 
the Cardi B and Offset meal such a differentiator was that when you ordered it, you got both of their orders in one. It was a couple's meal and it was released on Valentine's Day during not only Love Month, but also Black History Month. And they are a black couple. So we love that. Um, It was teased during the Super Bowl, which is where they had their first date. So the rollout was very, very strategic here, more so than maybe the other parts of this collaboration. I looked at the merch. I definitely could have think they could have done better with the merch there, especially maybe leaning in less into their per- things that make them well known. Like instead of putting like oh, on a shirt, they could have done like a really cool vintage old Hollywood, like, you know, lovey dovey type of merch it could have been it could have been cooler they could have even put whatever they had on those bags and the cups they could have put that on the merch it could have been fun um because I framed the bag because I thought it was really cute um (laughs) if you follow me on social media you already know um but yeah in terms of the the storyline of this campaign I think was really well done so the whole point of the famous orders, again, is to not see McDonald's as a big corporation that talks at you, but rather to bond with McDonald's as if you're like two people talking about your favorite celebrities or pop culture. And that's because they knew that in order to captivate the attention of Gen Z um, and actually make this interesting to them, they had to engage with what their target was passionate about. And that's why, you know, the customer is the most important, the most important part of any marketing activation. It's never about the brand. It's never about how cool you are as a company. It's about, does this resonate with the consumer? Is this something they would enjoy? Because that also, like, from a financial perspective, that's what gives back to you. But also from an emotional level, is it's what allows you to connect with, with the target and actually become a staple in their lives. And that here is the challenge that they're working towards because you have brands like Poppy and, and Erewhon and Olipop and Sweetgreen captivating the attention of Gen Z with nothing but, like, organic, healthier alternatives, Because McDonald's doesn't have that, they have to be a little bit more clever in the marketing campaigns that they do. And I think the other insight here that was very interesting was that when people become celebrities or they have a ton of money, they don't eat at McDonald's anymore. Um, And I think that the reason why Famous Orders is also very successful is because it debunks that myth you know, so um, especially when you look at Cardi B and Offset's uh, famous order, they like did it in like a fancy restaurant and she has like really nice jewelry on and, and so does he and like all these really this, these gorgeous outfits. And um, it kind of debunks that myth that like your favorite celebrities can't enjoy like a, you know, $6 or $13 meal. Um, so that's kind of the history of famous orders thus far. Again, this episode is being recorded at a time where the last famous order is Cardi B and Offset. So the future ones are probably going to be cool as well. I'm excited to see those. But so far, my favorite, this is really challenging because the only one food-wise that I've ever tried is Cardi B and Offset, which was the worst one to order because I... 
literally open my door and it's like both of the meals in one bag. It's insane. But anyway, um, if I had to rank them from a marketing perspective, here's what I'll say. Um, and this is just from my subjective opinion, not even looking at data because I would be totally lying if I put BTS first. I'm like not a K-pop fan. So that personally, not saying I don't like K-pop, but I'm just like not in that culture. So I, that one didn't resonate with me as much, but I will say from the marketing perspective, I think I'm going to put Travis Scott's first just because they did an exceptional job with that. They really knew who he is. I will put Cardi B and Offset second because I really loved that storyline. Also Atlanta represent. Also, they just like timed it so perfectly with the Super Bowl, with Black History Month, with uh, Valentine's Day. The third one I'll put is, oh, the third one I'll say is a tie between Sweetie and BTS because I think they both had the same level of impact in terms of, to me personally, like they both had the same amount of unique things. Um, but they didn't like resonate a ton with me. It was just kind of like, Oh, that's cool. Um, and then after that, I'll put Mariah Carey. Um, I honestly really like forgot about her BTS meal until somebody in the TikTok comments called me out for that. And then the last one is J Balvin, poor thing. And it's really not even his fault, but (laughs) So that's what I, that's what what I'll say. But, um, if you are listening on Spotify, you can actually vote for your favorite McDonald's famous order on Spotify. Um, let me know in the poll, which one you thought was really cool, which one resonated the most with you. But yeah, I hope you like this episode and I'm definitely wanting to do more of these deep dives into really cool things that brands do that captivate my attention as a marketer, but also, Uh, clearly have captivated the uh, eyes, attention, and wallets of the target audience. So let me know which famous order is your favorite, and I will see you in the next episode. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at KateMob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.